Taking care of your dogs can be rough. Luckily, your friends over at BarkBox have you covered. Sign up to receive monthly care packages delivered right to your door with food, toys, and treats customized just for your dog. With prices starting at $23 a month and free shipping, now is the time to get started with BarkBox. Use our personalized BarkBox link either in the description or on our social media platforms to get deals, promotions, and more for your favorite pups. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, January 31st. Reyes is here with me as always. And let's start this pod off with some overtime thrillers because there's a lot of overtime games this past week. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed watching them because we weren't involved in coaching them, Reyes, so my blood pressure wasn't shooting up and I wasn't getting all stressed out about it. Let's start with Northwest versus Gilbert Christian. Gilbert Christian, 60, Northwest Christian, 55 in overtime. Reyes, Gilbert Christian is figuring some things out. They're playing really well right now. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. Starting like I said, it off right, I agree. There we go. Gilbert Christian has actually had a little bit of setbacks. I know they've, they've fumbled a couple of losses against some really good teams in the area like Gilbert North and Valley Christian. But, I mean, you like I said, you can see that they're climbing the hump a little bit. They're getting back on the right track. It's a great win against Northwest Christian, which I believe they're number 10, if I'm not mistaken. Northwest so, I mean, Christian, I think they were number 10. They were number 10. So, to be the top 10 team in the 3A like that in a really close game, I mean, that's just good for them. Uh, right now, I think they're currently on a th- – Three-game win streak. They have wins over Arizona College Prep, Benjamin Franklin, and then the OT win against Northwest Christian. So, I mean, it's a pretty good run for Gilbert Christian. Yeah, and looking at Gilbert Christian, honestly, like, none of them, none of their losses are bad. Since the beginning of January, their only losses, like you said, are two ALA Gilbert North and Valley Christian. If you take those two out, and those are two of the top teams in the 3A, if you take those two out, they're on a seven-game winning streak with wins over Eastmark, Thatcher, and you mentioned Arizona College Prep, Northwest, and Benjamin Franklin. So, I mean, they're rolling. They're playing really good. I know a lot of their younger kids are playing pretty good. You know, it was it was when we coach games and stuff, you know, like we had our game against uh, over at Fountain Hills, and it was just kind of like this, you know, and it was like, oh, and then, oh, no, and then, oh, like you feel like your blood pressure just go crazy. It was fun to watch this because I'm just kind of watching, and it wasn't like I was actually coaching it. These uh, these players, and especially towards the end of regulation, I feel like both of these teams lost the game like three times. I mean, it was bizarre, man. Like kids stepping on the line, kids getting like a, a crazy turnover or a dumb turnover. Uh, one of the players that I thought was just kind of classic is Northwest played really good defense, got a turnover, came back down. Andrew Best, the big for Northwest Christian, he gets the ball, chins it, and he just elbows the kid from Gilbert Christian right in the face. It was just stuff like that where it was like neither team could really catch a break. 
a lot of the younger kids for Gilbert Christian are actually playing pretty good right now. One kid that I did want to spotlight that I've really seen playing good is Grant Woods. He's playing really tough for them. He hit some big shots in this game down the stretch. He's shooting with a ton of confidence. I like Gilbert Christian a lot, whereas I know you like Gilbert Christian a lot. Are you still holding strong to their to your prediction about them? I don't know if you remember you made this prediction. Are you still holding strong to seeing that they could make another trip back to the Final Four? I, oh, the final, yeah, I do believe that, man. Like I said, Coach K did a really great job with his kids. You know what I mean? Like I said, they're back. I mean, when you look at January, they're 7-2. and two. The two losses they have against the really good teams in their conference and in their region. But, I mean, they get another shot at them again, both teams. So, I mean, leading up to, I think Gilbert Christian will know how to adjust, how to prepare, and just kind of get ready. So, I mean, I do believe that they could definitely make a Final Four trip. I mean, it's going to take some matchmaking works in the heaven because in the 3a it's just such a dog fight with anybody you give in any given night so i mean if they can get pretty favorable matchups i can see them definitely taking a trip to the final four so many of their games are super close too and i mean we've been seeing that the last like week and a half you know the scores have gotten lower and they're just very close and that's just kind of fun to watch so i like that you still hold to that prediction man you're you're hanging strong with what you said you're not going back cannot go back i stay true to it even if they were having a rough season I'd still stay true to it because sometimes you know Gilbert Christian they find ways to win like I said they have a great coach so I mean the coach already knows how to game plan for those kids so you just gotta rock with them that's the thing with Gilbert Christian historically they have found a way to win those close games and hey I just remember this I didn't even tell you this in the pod happy birthday Reyes oh thanks man appreciate I mean that. it's not your birthday now but you know it was my birthday a couple of days ago so yeah, literally a couple of days ago. So appreciate that. I'm getting older. It's kind of weird to say, but it's cool. Older. How old are you, Rez? 23. Yeah, so, so you're getting older, you know. Getting older. I'm climbing. I'm climbing the ladder just like you. How much, uh, just like me, how much fan mail have you gotten since I posted that video of your deadly crossover? I actually haven't received anything. <laughs> That's just facts. Like no. That's because one... I've received it all. They just re- sent it back to the page. Yeah. So I mean, shout out to Coach Lou for pulling up that senior clip. I know I was looking a little bit huskier. You know, I'm I'm still husky. Let's just be I honest. I thought you look good. Thanks, man. Um, compared to now, you know. <laughs> compared, oh, compared to now, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it was funny, you know. I was able to get a nice little crossover. I I had I received no love, but I mean, you were telling me about it. You posted on your story. Some of the kids just loved it. So I mean, hey, you know. That's cool. So uh, I know I know I didn't get you a birthday present, but that's my birthday present to you, my unspoken birthday present. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, let's move on to some more overtime thrillers. One crazy one that I could not find a film on was Snowflake at Sholo. Sholo wins 84 to 82 in this double overtime win. That might be the highest scoring game that I've seen in the 3A so far. 84-82? Have we seen a higher scoring game than that in the 3A? We saw one in the 2A was Madison Highland and Highland Prep. I'm Oh, between two teams? Yeah, between two teams. That's high. That's, oh, that's you don't high usually score. see that in the I t- thought you were talking 3A. about like a single team like scoring like 80-something. No, no, no. I'm talking about like a back-and-forth game. Yeah, that, that's probably the highest because I don't think Madison Highland, Madison Prep and Highland Prep, that was kind of high but not – no, that, that was higher than this. It was in the 90s. It was like 94 to 92. Was it really? I don't Yeah, you don't remember that? Uh, I don't remember that. That was like, dang. 
No, it was because remember we were like, man, talk about no defense being played. Oh, that's right. We made that joke. That was funny. Yeah. So it was. I haven't got to see much about this game. The only thing I got to see about this game was on social media. I think it was the shot to send them to double overtime, but Cougar Cook took a fadeaway like triple teamed three in the wing and he banked in the three at the buzzer. I think to send them to double overtime, it wasn't, it was obviously the overtime, but the, the guy was crazy, man. I mean, that shot was the degree of difficulty on there. If you would have seen Everett's going crazy, going wild. So it was a fun game. At least it looked like it was. I know this about the, the matchup between Snowflake and Sholo. Uh, Sholo shot 56% from three in this game. So that's, anytime you can shoot that well from, the, from behind the arc, it's going to help you a lot. And I wanted to say this too. Uh, you know, Cougar Cook, we mentioned him before. He is the probably the best go-to offensive option for Sholo. He's averaging uh, just around 20 points a game. He's a good shooter. Uh, we mentioned this before with these kids it's a lot more than just cougar cook they have other kids they have some bigs that are really physical that can crash the boards they've got other kids that can attack off the bounce Reyes, this kind of hurts your prediction for uh, the region champions out of the east i don't know if you thought about that yet no i know okay i had snowflake it doesn't hurt i believe snowflake gets them again no uh, they might i think i think they get them again but it doesn't hurt me because we'll talk about it too a little bit later one of the teams that you had fell. My, my pick also lost two, so it is what it evens uh, out. It, it evens out the toss up. I still have Snowflake coming out of the uh, East. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, great shots, tough difficulty shots from both teams. Man, what a game. Imagine being in that environment. Imagine being there. I mean, it's really fun to watch. Fun to watch. And I mean, fun to coach, but stressful to coach. Stressful. Stressful. Super stressful. My gosh. Okay, and then our last overtime thriller. This one was awesome, and I thought this one was really cool. Palo Verde Magnet versus Tank Verde. This is a great matchup from the South. The The reality about this game is the story was in overtime. Palo Verde Magnet just took over, and they went berserk. Number two, Calvin Briggs, and number 24, Daniel Ortiz for Palo Verde Magnet had a great trap to get the ball with 30 seconds left down by two. In this game, there's a lot of missed free throws here at the end, especially. Now, Antonio Martinez does the right thing. and He puts the pressure on the defense. Eventually, he makes two free throws to send it to overtime. Here's the score at the end of regulation. It's 53 to 53. Okay, trivia time. This is super easy. How long is uh, overtime? Two minutes. Not two minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> no, not five minutes. Three minutes. No, not three minutes. It's half of, of normal quarter. Four minutes? Four minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's go. That's funny. I thought that was going to be really easy. Two minutes. I thought it was two. I guess not. Uh, so 53 to 53 at the end of regulation. It's a four-minute overtime. The ending score is 72 to 58, Palo Verde Magnet. Okay. They went on a 19. They scored 19 points there in four minutes, which is bizarre. I thought really the game changer in all of this overtime race was Antonio Martinez hits two threes to put them up right at the very beginning of overtime. And I mean, there were pull-up threes to his left. Both of them were to his left. Pull-up threes, one was off a screen. They actually both might have been off of an on-ball screen. But the kid was just, I felt like these six points really helped project them up. And Palo Verde just never looked back. They hit some free throws to really help lengthen it out. But they really did good on this. 
and, and they're a great squad moving forward. I know that they just have a brand new kid. Is uh, I forget what his name is, but I think he's number five. But he's a brand new kid that just transferred over from Pueblo, and he just became eligible in the last like week and a half or so, just like all the other transfers. And he's a good point guard. He's a good guard for them. He can handle the ball. He's tough. He's he's big and athletic. Not huge, but he's a good sized guard that could definitely compete in the three. And I think it makes a difference because I was talking to their coach about this with this kid coming in as point guard. I mean, they're going to be able to actually run Antonio Martinez off of screens a little bit more. He's not going to have to handle the ball as much. Here's kind of what I took away from all these overgame or overtime thrillers. We all need to work on some late game situations and pressure free throws from here on out. We're going to see a lot of really, really close games. I mean, do you agree that from here on out, a lot of the games that we're going to see are going to be down to the wire? I mean, yeah, I, I, I believe that. I mean, we talked about it just like, you know, behind the scenes, <laughs> which is not really behind the scenes. We just talked about it when during our practices and stuff like that when we're talking about the pod. Um, yeah, I mean, I think as we get later in the season, as we are, you know, I think what we have like about two weeks left in regular two and a half, two and a half, two and weeks. a half, something like that. Cause I think everybody's season usually ends around like that February 10th, 11th, the week of. So, I mean, if you're not working on late game situation, it's probably time to now. Cause I mean, it, everybody should be in region play. You're seeing everybody at least the second time around right now. So, I mean, everybody got their game plan downloaded. If you haven't added any new quick hitters, probably is the time to add it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of situations, a lot of free throws you probably have to get up. I would probably try to get as much free throws as you can during practices because, I mean, a lot of people, like, I don't think they really realize how important they are. And, they you know, they go through the motions and practice, you know, probably after a drill, like, go shoot some free throws. But to really like, dial in once you're tired and fatigued and get some shots up like that, that's probably where it really counts and matters. I'm thinking about all these overtime games that were wa- that I watched that were this past week. All of them, there were missed free throws in there that would have really impacted the game. So, I mean, I believe this. This is why we've been working on free throws so much with our squad, that our season will be determined by free throws. I just, I don't know why, I just feel it, you know. And I have, uh, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And I can feel it, and I feel like it's going to happen. So, yeah, work on those free throws and uh, late game situations. And those are always fun to do in practice. I love that. Remember, remember your senior year when we did a, a late game situation and uh, we said uh, losers uh, or the winners of this late game situation start. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't believe me. And I was so mad that you guys won. Cause yeah, that was, that was funny. All right. Super quick. I'll put you in the hot seat. I'm actually going to put you on the hot seat. You ready? For you this? never do this. I'm actually a little nervous right now, man. Yeah. Is this a um? Let's see. Here we go. Do you think Pueblo Magnet is gonna hit the playoffs? You mean Palo Verde Magnet? Oh, pa- Pueblo, Palo Verde Magnet. Do they hit the playoffs? See, here's the the interesting thing with their schedule. They're I think right now they're at number thirty one. Thirty two. They're at thirty two. Okay, so left on their schedule. I'm just going off the top of my head. Okay, they have Pushridge and Sabino. They have Catalina twice. Right. And then they have um, – who else do they have? They've got who's, – who's the other team that they have? They have a 4A in Rio Rico. What's Rio Rico ranked in the 4A? Not strong. I think it was 30 uh, – 38, 34. That's tough. That's tough. 35 I mean, 4A. So, I mean, they would have to be Pushers and Sabino. Well, I, they would have they to play realistically – They play yeah. Safford. 
I think in, in order for Palo Verde Magnet to make the playoffs, they would have to win out. And yeah. I think even with winning out, because realistically, we know Pushridge and Sabino are really good, but look at their PowerPoints. They don't have a whole lot of PowerPoints. So, I mean, they would have to not only win out, and there'd have to be some people losing, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're kind of in a tricky spot. The tricky spot is like Rio Rico, um, like having a, 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 a lower foray or whatever. That's just tough. It hurts your PowerPoints a lot. I shouldn't say it hurts your PowerPoints a lot, but it just, it doesn't help. It's not a great situation to be in. So what do you think? Yes or no? Don't dance around it. I am dancing around it. I know you can see me. <laughs> so is this, what, is this what you feel like all the time? Yes. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But you know me, I, I don't really, not necessarily don't care, but I'm like, I, I give it straight. If they can win out, which me personally, I, I feel like they can. I could see them making the playoffs for sure. I, ah! <laughs> I feel like, I, I, I don't this know. This is why. tough, man. They, dro- they, like they, dro- they drop one game, I feel like. Yeah, I can see it. You're right. I can see him dropping one game. Dropping one. Uh, I'm, I'm going so back and forth. Uh, Coach Smith, Palo Verde, it's hard because you guys are a great squad and you got some good teams left on your schedule. So I hope you I hope you can appreciate my struggle here. It's it's hard to it's hard to know. It's tough, man. That's what that's how that's how I feel in the hot seat. I know. I'm like literally sweating right now, man. Shoot. <laughs> you got me good with that. I was like, why does they look? And I'm like, they're sitting at 32 with this win over Tank Birdie. It's probably not going to do much. But I mean, if you look at the rankings, maybe, like I said, it just depends who lost between 24 and 32. And it's tough. Tank Birdie's 34. So, I mean, if you look at it, uh, it's just tough, man. I know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's so tough because. It'd be one thing, honestly, like, because Palo Verde Magnet is just like those other teams that we've talked about in the three. Like, it doesn't matter who they play. It's probably going to be a four-point, three-point game. So, I mean, that's the hard thing with making the prediction. I mean, then you guys going to help them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's so tough because look at this. So, from 24 to 32, you know, Longhorn, they won. Blue Ridge won. Globe lost. Page won. Borgade lost. Tonopah Valley, they they won. I was gonna say, I think they won, yeah. And then Wickenburg, which I think they lost. Yeah, they lost. So I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I say that something happens with the twenty-four to like thirty, and Palo Verde Magnet squeaks in. I, I feel like they will. I think that guard's gonna help them and. Yeah, Palo Verde Magnet, Coach Smith, don't make don't make a liar out of me. <laughs> I like it, man. I, think, I, I like how you're rolling with it. I mean, they're eight and four, so I mean, they I got, know that's the thing. They're good. Like they're, they're not a bad squad. They got great players too. It's just the positioning and the rankings, which you know we all we, we talk about the rankings all the time. I mean, it is what it is. You know, you just kind of have to battle well, through and, and and the PowerPoint stuff. Like that's the hard thing. You know, like if again, we all know Palo Verde Magnet. Pushridge, Sabino, those are, I mean, those are legitimately what, like probably top 15, right? I mean, they're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're right in there. I mean, Sabino, I think is, is the best of those three, but like, 
it's just PowerPoints and like who you're playing against. That's what's hard. Like what's common about Pushridge and Sabino is they have played those teams from the 4A, from the 5A that are ranked. I mean, obviously Buena is an exception, but they're, they're not ranked super great. So they don't have a lot of PowerPoint. It's just hard, you know. It's tough. But it's, anyways. If Paulo Verde, real quick, we'll end on this. If Paulo Verde Matt would have beat Saguaro, that probably would have given them the push they could need to oh, feel yeah. comfortable. Absolutely, because Suarez, you know, I mean, they got a lot of power points. They're legit. Suarez nine, so that would have helped them. Don't make a liar out of me, Palo Verde Magnet. I got faith in you. It's going to be great. Okay, let's move on to I'm – a, I'm going a, I'm to a return that favor to you. I'm going to put you in the hot seat here in a second. We'll see what happens. I'm sweating right now, man. Shoot. Okay. And th- that ends the overtime thrillers, but what we wanted to talk about was Rancho and Scottsdale. Okay, this was a game that happened, I think it was this past Tuesday. Scottsdale Christian 34, Rancho 33. And here's the thing about Scottsdale versus Rancho. Whereas, okay, just trivia time. Just think about this. Who has run this this series between Scottsdale and Rancho in like the last three years? Uh, Scottsdale. Scottsdale, right? So I was looking back. Rancho hasn't beaten Scottsdale since the 2018-2019 season. And since then, Scottsdale has been very successful. Scottsdale Christian secret, aside from the championship game last year, a 2-3 zone, okay? Uh, Scottsdale, from what I can remember, the last few years that they have come out and played against Rancho, they, especially in the regular season, the championship game was different, like I said, but in the regular season, they come out in a very sagging 2-3 zone not super aggressive they're kind of aggressive on those downward wings but not super aggressive up at the top it's very much a contained zone you can tell they play a two three to try to control the pace of the game they want to slow down rancho and we think about rancho what they're best at their mismatches they run great sets they have great offense i mean the zone really, I feel like, just it puts the pace exactly at where Scottsdale wants to play at. Um, it takes some guts to come out in a 2-3 and make Rancho shoot some threes. Uh, do you think that Scottsdale Christian, obviously, you know, so I'll mention this real quick. Garrison Sherman ends up making the game-winning shot to go 34-33. Hey, neither of these teams could buy a bucket. I mean, it was – the shooting was atrocious, man. Like, it was bad. I am – Ashamed to admit this, the offense was so bad on both sides. I fell asleep while I was watching it. Oof. Which I know is not good. I shouldn't say that, but it was just, it was very slow game. The The shooting was not good. There was no now, offensive was that be- flow. Was that because, was the shooting bad because of how good the defense was or were they just pretty good looks, but just weren't hitting? It wasn't because, like, you know, Scottsdale had the smothering defense or anything like that. Like, like I said, they were sitting back in a 2-3, and they were forcing Rancho to just be a three-point shooting squad. Like, that's just what they were doing. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, it wasn't, like, a, a super offensively efficient game to watch. It wasn't great. Garrison Sherman makes a layup at the very end to put Scottsdale up. Uh, and I will say this, too. We talked about free throws. Rancho missed a – a pair of one and ones. They they had a chance to potentially get four points. They missed both of them. It was Deanna's and then there was another player as well. Here's a question though. Okay, so Scott still wins. Uh, they've won. Last time Rancho beat them, 2018, 2019. 
do you think that if Scottsdale Christian were to see them in the championship again down the road, do you think Scottsdale Christian comes out in a two-three zone? Or do you think they change their game plan a little bit? Oof. I think Coach Anderson, he's a smart coach. I feel like he'll understand, like, Rancho does struggle usually with a 2-3 zone. Now, do I think he'll jump right back into it? Probably not, only because I feel like Coach Triggs, he'll do a good job, and they'll probably work on a 2-3. But I could see Coach Anderson coming out in some sort of zone, maybe like a 1-3-1, just a, some, just a different zone setup. Or maybe just play him straight up man, but go into like a zone defense that can, like, transition back into a man, you know? Kind of like a 13, back to one. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm i thinking back to a championship game last year. Coach Anderson mixed it up a ton. And obviously, the big game changer in that championship game was Rancho shot the ball, like, amazing. If Rancho shoots the ball good, like, against Scottsdale, I mean, it's, you know, Rancho wins this game very easily. But, you know, they didn't shoot good. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Do you think that we see uh, Scottsdale Rancho in the championship, or do you think it's going to be somebody else? I feel like Scottsdale will be there. Just get ready for him to be, get ready for them to be at the dance. Um, as far as Rancho, I do, but I don't want to sleep on like Highland Prep. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Something about them just tells me like they can make some noise and probably shake up the two way, which is probably what the two way needs right now. No, you're right. And I mean, we haven't talked about Highland Prep a whole lot, but mainly because I haven't played anybody. You know, I haven't played anybody good. So there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of reason to talk about them, but they are still a legitimate squad there. So, yeah, we just want to talk about that. Rancho, Scottsdale Christian. It's always a fun matchup to watch. It always surprises me to see Scottsdale come out and like a sagging two, three. But hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Okay, I like that. Okay, and then we got NFL yet playing against PCD. Hey, Reyes, I got I got to tell you, you put NFL yet on the map for me this past summer. I didn't really know anything about them, and you're the one who started talking about them first. Well, I just remember during the summer and previous years before that, they've always been a pretty good team. You know, they have some pretty good athletes. You know, they they run a press, they do it all well. They can swarm you with their defense. Like I just like the way they play, the aggressiveness, the ferocity. So with NFL yet, when I saw them in the summer, I was like, okay, and they're playing against Peoria and they're competing a little bit going back and forth. I think Peoria obviously ended up beating them, which summer ball doesn't really matter. It doesn't carry as much weight, I should say. Um, but just right, seeing people the, missing people and all that. Yeah, just seeing the potential of NFL yet though, just kind of caught my eye. I was like, man, like I can see them being a force, the two A. And I know they could some they're like a uh, what team is it? They're kind of like on a slope, you know what I mean? They do pretty good and then they will fumble a game. But for the most part, they're a really good team. And like I said, what they did the PCD was tough. Yeah, some of their scores almost kind of remind me of like an East Mark where like, you know, they compete like here, they beat PCD, and then maybe their next game. The score spread is they're probably still going to win, but it's closer than what you might think it would be, you know. Yeah, exactly. And like right now, currently they're sitting at five and three. And like I said, they've had wins. So, so far in January, they've only lost one game, which was Gilbert Classical. But other than that, you know, they, they rolled through North Point Prep, had a crazy three point game between the Gregory School, and then they, you know, take care of business against PCD. So, their next test coming up will be North Valley Christian uh, tomorrow. It's going to be a really good test. And today. Oh, today. Today. Oh, yeah, that's true. Today. So here's what I wanted to highlight about 
NFL yet is one of their kids, Chris Floyd. Okay. If you have not heard about Chris Floyd at NFL yet, you are missing out. You might need to, to tune in a little bit for you college coaches who tune in. You might need to listen to this kid. He's a six foot senior guard. He literally leads the state of Arizona in scoring right now with 38.7 points a game. In the last three games, he has had, this is his stat line in the last three games. He's had 40-point nights the last three games in a row. He had 41 points in a 68-41 win over North Point, which is what you're talking about. Uh, he had 48 points, 75-72 win over the Gregory School. And he had, uh, what is it, with Gregory School? And 49 points and a stunning 75-69 win over PCD, okay? So you're looking at back-to-back 48-point, 49-point One of the top 2A teams in the state is PCD, and Chris Floyd came out and did it to them. Uh, Floyd's stat line against PCD should really make everybody just put him on the map because that's a good squad. They did it. He made 17 of 34 shots and drained five three-pointers against phoenix country day right now they're currently ranked at 18 here's a here's a tricky thing and we're going to talk about this in a second they're ranked number two in the metro in uh for for scottsdale like you know in the metro for the 2a mm-hmm. so i mean i don't know maybe maybe chris floyd has kind of heard us talk about behind closed doors that it's just Phoenix Christian or PCD who is like kind of the other teams that are challenging because NFL yet right now, they're kind of, they're right there. I mean, literally by, by, by record wise. They're knocking on the door. Um, like I said, they're playing tough right now with that win over PCD, which I think PCD was number nine. They're 18. That'll probably bump them up to at least like a 15 spot for sure. So, I mean, you know, congrats to NFL yet on getting that done against a pretty well good uh, PCD team. I, I know for me, this makes me feel like NFL yet is, uh, is going to be a pretty legit contender moving into the 2A playoffs, which, I mean, the 2A just keeps looking like that has more and more contenders. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited. Before we move on, I wanted to talk about a school and a team, um, Payson, the Longhorn. We probably mentioned him a lot, but I mean, we got to give a shout out to Coach Mavis. Hook him horns. Hey, that's... <laughs> Um, they had a good, they had a tough game against, um, the number five team in the state in Holbrook. Holbrook currently was sitting at nine and one at the time being, and then Payson and Holbrook actually matched up earlier in the season and Payson actually lost by five and you have a Longhorns cup. This wow. is not for Payson. This I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Texas. So I'm a big Texas Longhorn fan, but hook them horns. Good job, Payson. Coach Mavis, you're killing it. He's killing it over there. I mean, if you look back in January, Coach, I believe the, the point differential is crazy. They beat Northwest Christian and lose the five by uh, Holbrook. Then they beat Blue Ridge. And then they lose by five against Snowflake. Then they lose by three against Sholo. They beat Winslow. And then they beat Holbrook 54 to 47, which is great. I know. So Payson, I uh, didn't really get to Revenge. watch the revenge and just to highlight some kids uh we had gary bingham he had 11 points jack o'grady he carried him too with 11 points and then dexter waterman the junior had eight points and then anderson hatch had 10 points so i mean 
four, you know, four Longhorns, three Longhorns in double digits, but four Longhorns really contributing to that team win. So, I mean, great job to you, Coach Mavis. And it's interesting to see because, like, right now, if you look at the rankings, Payson is currently sitting at 25. So, with that win against Holbrook, I'm pretty sure by tomorrow we'll see pacing in the playoff pitcher for now. That is so awesome, man. I'm so happy for them. They deserve it, man. The hard work is cool. Those kids work really hard. Coach Mavis has really turned that culture and that foundation around over there in pace. And so, yeah, we want to give you a quick shout out for that and just continue to do good work. Okay. And speaking of another team that is rolling right now, Arizona Lutheran, the Coyotes or the Coyote, the Coyotes, they had their best week of the season. They beat Phoenix Country Day 62 to 41, and they beat Trivium this past week 58 to 40. Uh, they you, they had an 18 to three run in the first quarter against Phoenix Country Day and a 19 to two run in the second quarter to put away Trivium Prep. And their defense is playing really good right now. They are really balanced on offense. It's not just one kid that's scoring a ton. Right now, Arizona Lutheran is number six. They're tied for first in the West with Trivium. They will more than likely win out. They have Glendale Prep on February 9th. That's the last game on their schedule that I think is pretty um, is, is going to be challenging for them. It's going to be a big game for them because Glendale Prep just keeps winning. They just keep winning. They keep doing really good. The good thing is at least it's at uh, ALA. It's not at Glendale because we know how tough it is to play at Glendale. That's just a weird place to play at. No, yeah. So, I mean, shout out to ALA. If you look back from January, the – from the nine games that they've played so far, they're eight and one. Their only loss was to Trivium earlier in that year or earlier in the season. They lost 38 to 47. So they lost by nine points. So to get that revenge win. Was it really that close? I didn't even know it was that close. I know that you look back at this next score and they beat them by 18. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, shows that ALA Lutheran is uh, doing good work. And I'm pretty sure uh, Tanner, I'm not even going to try his last name because I always get it wrong. Blitz White. Uh, he's probably doing a great job with the kids. Good college coaches listening and tuning in. This kid's for sure anything you on his radar because he can play. He's long. He's pretty athletic. He can shoot the ball at a pretty high level. He's just doing a lot of great job for his team right now. So, you know, shout out to ALA for that win. That's big. And it'll be interesting to see how they match up against Glendale because, like I said, Glendale is just kind of rolling right now. So let's talk about another big game in the 3A this past week. And we're kind of bouncing all around like 3A, 2A, and we're going to end it right after this one with the 1A squad. But Camp Verde at Fountain Hills. Uh, at the time, I think this was number two versus number five. Camp Verde wins 63 to 62. This is a great matchup between Xavier Mike and Chino, two electric guards. Honestly, two of the best guards in the 3A. They're really, really skilled, really talented. You know, I was really impressed with the poise of both Xavier Mike and Chino Salazaria. Uh, really... Both teams, Camp Verde and Fountain Hills, tried to take each guard out of it. And the, both of the guards just kind of let the game come to them. You know, a lot of times if you see a kid getting face guarded or like a weird junk defense, they try to force everything. These kids were just really patient. I think they both ended up, I think Chino Salazaria ended up with 19. Xavier Mike ended up with 18 or 17. Mm -hmm. But they, uh, they both just kind of were very patient. The thing about Fountain Hills and Camp Verde both – is they are a lot more than just their two best players. You know, uh, Camp Verde is loaded with guards that can all make plays. They've got uh, a lot of ability. They've got a big in the middle, Chito Herrera, who's playing tough inside for them. He had 19 rebounds the other night, right? 
He had 19 rebounds and 12 points. That kid has been playing, not out of his mind, but he's been really consistent as far as, you know, getting the double figures, you know, being big. You know, he's really making himself present. I think he's done a great job. You know, I think currently he's averaging like 16 a game, I believe. So, I mean, kid's playing tough. Yeah, he's playing really hard. And also with Fountain Hills, they don't just have Xavier and Mike. They've got a lot of other really good kids that, that can make plays as well. They've got some shooters. Uh, they Obviously, we know this about Fountain Hills, but they just run great offense there. And, uh, man, their, uh, the, their kid number, what, what number was he? The 6'1 kid. The 6'1 kid? Yeah, he is the, he's the native kid on their squad. Oh, I forgot his name. I forgot his name, but that kid, he's got some ability. He can he can attack off the dribble. He's a big body, so he can post up. He can seal. Definitely got some swagger. Uh, so, anyways, this was a great matchup. Came right down to the wire. Camp Brady wins 63-62, and uh, it's going to be fun because these two teams match up, and they're the final games of the season in their respective conference. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see that. And, uh, yeah, really impressed with the poise of both of these teams it was a really good game and uh like really well really well fought both teams are obviously really good so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the conference shakes out and you know we'll see what happens okay let's end this segment with some action in the 1a this is the only 1a game that i got to see this week but it was a really good one lincoln prep beats yet another top 10 team we mentioned Lincoln Prep a little bit, but this stuck st- like really stood out to me more than last time. They got great fundamentals. They play hard. Their defense on the ball is extremely good. Here's the thing about Lincoln Prep: they force you to score in more ways than just one on one. Their on ball defense is so stout and it's so good. You have to run good offense. To, you're going to have to get someone coming off a screen. You're going to have to get like a pick and roll. You have to find a way to gain an advantage because if your game plan is just to attack off the bounce, you're really not going to be able to do a whole lot against them. Lincoln Prep makes the right plays like, I don't know, 90% of the time. They had some big plays down the stretch. They were very poised. I, post a, I posted a, a play of theirs on uh, social media of their screen and attack the wing action into a two, three zone. It was just really good. It's got almost, it's got a bunch of views on Twitter. I didn't even realize it was going to get that many views, but uh, they just have done a great job there. They run really great stuff. Here's the thing about Lincoln prep. This is the second top 10 team that they've beaten recently. I'm almost positive. This will jump them into the top 10 or at least put them higher up in the rankings. I should say they play Tempe prep on Tuesday. Tempe Prep is number two in the 1A. This is their last game of the season before their region tournament. Do you see Lincoln Prep pulling out this upset? You think they got that? It's tough, man. It's hard to say. Like I said, I like Lincoln Prep and what they've been able to do. Right now, they're currently 10 and 6. Um, Tempe Prep's going to be a handful for them. I'm not going to lie, you know what I mean? But it's really great, good. Really good. I, if I'm not mistaken, have they already met? Early, they did meet early in the season. That was a two point game. That's correct. Now I remember. So, I mean, if all things go well, obviously, you know, Tempe Prep and Lincoln Prep, they've both gotten better since then. I'm just going to go ahead and say I love to see the upset. I'll go ahead and say Tempe Prep loses to Lincoln Prep. And I think it's a close game. I'm going to say if it was was a two-point game, I think it's going to be a little different. I think Lincoln Prep beats Tempe Prep by five. And I'm going to say 45-40 or even 55-50. 100 to 105. 
<laughs> Imagine. That'd be crazy, man. What would you even do at that point? I don't even know. Yeah, I also see Lincoln Prep being able to pull this upset. I think they're playing really well right now. And the way that they're playing, you know, they the, the way they execute the fundamentals, they just do the little things right, right now, it looks like. Um, and the way that they're playing right now, they're legitimately one of the top contenders in the 1A. So that's going to be uh, really fun to watch. So I'm going to be looking forward to that game on Tuesday. So tomorrow, and that'll end them up going into their region tournament, which their region tournament is going to be wild, man. You see how big their region is. I know. So it'll be interesting. A lot of te- I think there's a couple of 3A region tournaments too. I'm not sure if I'm right about that, but I think there's a couple of like in the regions, they have like a region tournament. I don't believe we're doing one. No, so yeah, I'm but there sure. are some. There are some. So, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to see. Super quick before we head into our next segment, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Uh, Valley Christian Guard, Caleb Shaw. Just wanted to give him a huge – give him his flowers, you know what I mean? Um, he signed – Give him his flowers. Give him his flowers where they're due. The kid signed to go play at UNC, not University of North Carolina, but he's going to go you play – You should have just left it at UNC. No, I can't. He's going to go play at University of Northern Colorado, which is the D1. You know, so shout out to you, you know, for all that hard work you put in. And, you know, just, just want to give that little quick shout out. So any of you other small ball players that have been offered or going to go to the next level, please just like shoot us an email, a text, whatever you can. Because we want to give you guys your flowers as well. You're going to get them in the mail. Okay. Be looking forward to that. So before we, we end this, this pod, what we wanted to do is preview some games uh, this upcoming week, kind of our, our big matchups of the week. I know that we said that we're going to do uh, a preview the, the region champions for the two-way, but in looking at all this stuff, there's, the two-way is already so deep into region play. What we're going to do instead is we're going to post on Twitter and on all of our social medias that if every single region in the two-way had a region championship or a region tournament, we're going to make our picks as to who would come out on top. So be on the lookout for that. Games that you guys need to be on the lookout for this week because they're going to be legit. Tonight, a revenge game, a grudge match. ALA Gilbert North at Valley Christian. If you forgot already, which I know you guys haven't, ALA Gilbert North handed Valley Christian its first regular season loss as far as PowerPoints are concerned. I think it was like a five-point game, six-point game. Now, ALA Gilbert North has to walk back into Valley Christian and see if they can do it on the road. Reyes, who do you got in this one? I think we talked about it earlier in the pod. It was like a previous episode or two. I think that Valley Christian will beat ALA Gilbert North. I think that what surprised him was that their transfer kid when ALA Gilbert North got him from Perry, the kid dropped 29 because Valley Christian had no 31. 31. Valley Christian had no scouting report on the kid. You know what I mean? They had no clue about him. There's just kind of some random kid just kind of walks in the gym and just drops 31. You know what just I mean? Just right off the streets. Just right off the streets, pretty much, you know? <laughs> I think, but, you know, I think Coach Greg, he's going to do a great job of game planning, especially against that kid. He'll figure something out. And I just like, I mean, it's at Valley. Valley's a tough place to be in. You know, I'm thinking about it. If I don't come down to our own game, I might pull up to that Valley Christian A.L.A. Gilbert North game. So we'll see what happens there. But that's interesting to say. I have Valley beating Gilbert North. And I'm going to go ahead and say Valley beats him by eight. And let's just go 70-62, mate. 
I, I made that face not because I think it's crazy. I was going to say eight. You were going to say eight, too? I really Who was. Who do you have winning? Who do you think I have winning? I think you have Valley. I got Valley winning. I think what you said is true, that, you know, Valley Christian's going to make some adjustments. They're going to be ready to go. It's at home. I mean, I just think they're going to split games. I think it's going to be 68 to 60. I think that everything you said, I agree with. And I don't want to just say the same things that you said, but it's hard when you have a new kid that comes out that you don't know much about. You better believe they're going to do their homework on this kid and they're going to do everything they can to try to take him out of the game or, you know, come out with a different game plan. So I've got Valley Christian splitting games with ALA Gilbert North, and I see them doing that pretty well. Okay, now that's tonight. We've got another game coming up this week, too, that you guys got to be aware of. And this is a big matchup in the 2A. This is in the Metro to see who, I mean, we said who's going to be the second best, but NFL yet right now is inching up there, you know, and being really competitive. Phoenix Christian and PCD. What night is this on? Is this Wednesday, Thursday? No, I believe it's a Friday night. Actually. It's on Friday. Okay. Friday, Do you uh, think PCD can rebound and have a huge win against a very good Phoenix Christian squad? Yes, I believe they can. Now, will they? I don't know. I like. I really like how this Phoenix Christian team has been playing. I mean, it's been a tough go so far in January. I think they're two and two. They beat North Phoenix Prep. They lose to the Scottsdale Christian, which was actually a pretty close game. I think they lose by 13, but then they get drilled by Yuma Catholic, rebound against Horizon Honors and beat them by 18. So they're coming off an 18-point win against Horizon Honors, heading in the NFL yet, which that should be very interesting because I believe that game is tomorrow, again, on Tuesday. So if PCD – I mean, if Phoenix Christian get past NFL yet, I can see the confidence boasting over – Phoenix Country Day. The thing is, it's at Phoenix Country Day. So I'm going to go ahead and say PCD wins because we played at Phoenix, PCD and some weird things always happen in that gym as well. So I think, some, true. I think some black magic might play in a factor. And, <laughs> you know, that's what like witches and stuff do. Well, I know, a, I know a black magic. <laughs> that's what witches do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro what is going on dude all right so you got pcd winning it i have pcd winning it yes i got phoenix christian pulling the upset on the road and watching phoenix christian i think they just have too much for pcd i think they're going to be amped up and ready to go and i see them winning by about i see them winning by 10 I see it being 70 to 60 i see it being a lot of points but I think 70 to 60, Phoenix Christian comes out on top and the best PCD. That's, uh, yeah, so I like that as well. I'm agree with you on this. And just a quick game. We're not going to really cover it as much, but I just want to talk about it. Uh, Scottsdale Christian will play Pima at Pima. Now, these are two top teams in the uh, 2A. I think it's number one and like, or, yeah, number one and number five, I believe, or something like that. Uh, Pima is an interesting team because they're really known for having great regular seasons. But I mean, they pulled off some great wins against Santan Charter. They pulled off a win against Benson, Morenci, Wilcox. But then they did fumble a bag against Trivium Prep. Only by five. So, I mean, I like this Pima team. I think that they could give Scottsdale some problems. But I'm going to go ahead and say Scottsdale beats Pima by 10. And let's just say 60-50. I think Scottsdale will win against Pima too. But here's the thing about Pima. They always surprise me. Remember last year they played against Rancho. 
This was honestly the only prediction last year in the playoffs that we got way wrong other than PCD. But I thought Rancho was going to destroy Pima. Remember, it was like a four-point game, like yeah. right there down the stretch. So Pima has the ability to rise to the occasion. I think that Scottsdale is still going to win this game. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be like a like a seven-point game because Pima just plays so hard, man. And it's at their place, too, that Pima. So, I mean, that could be a, a factor, too, as well. Watch out for those fans. They can yell some crazy stuff over there. Is that I agree. That, that, <laughs> I agree. And that's all we got for games this week, okay? We got ALA Gilbert North and Valley. We've got PCD and Phoenix Christian. And we got Scottsdale and Pima. So there's going to be some really good games going on this week. We're going to get out of here, but be on the lookout for our next episode. Be on the lookout for our post on Twitter about if every single region in the two-way had a region tournament, who we think would come out on top. If you want to be a part of the action, you can follow us on social media, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you roll with us, you listen to our show every single week, every single Monday, then do us a favor, hop on Apple Podcasts and write us a review. That stuff helps us out so much, and we hope you guys have a great week.